Hey, Sabre Nation, welcome to SaberCast. And uh, it's our new format this year, trying to communicate as effectively as possible. And thank you to those of you who uh, tune in to our SaberCast each week. And with me is uh, Denny Vauders, our Executive Director of Advancement. My name's Sam Barfell. I'm the Superintendent of Southside Christian School. And with us today is Dr. Bob Stouffer. And uh, Dr. Stouffer is our high school principal. Welcome, Dr. Stouffer. It's good to have you today. Thank you, Dr. Barfell. I'm this... glad to have 15 minutes of fame. Oh, there you go. <laughs> uh, I'm glad you mentioned 15 minutes because typically we our weekly Sabercast that Denny does with other people is just giving you news and information. We try and keep it under 10 minutes. It's news and information for that mm-hmm. week. And then every other week, we insert a longer one. This one's going to be more like 30 minutes, Dr. Stover. I have 30 minutes of fame? 30 minutes wow. of fame, yes. I'm privileged. Um, Use it well. Use and the well. purpose <laughs> for this elongated session is really get down into our mission. What is Southside Christian School about? What are we trying to accomplish? What has God called us to, to pursue yeah. uh, with the hearts and minds of, of the precious students that uh, call Southside Christian School their home and, of course, their families? So, that's what we're talking about today. And uh, Dr. Stouffer has been at Southside Christian School now. This is your sixth year. Seventh, seventh year. year. Sorry. Seventh year. I it's actually okay. knew that because this is my eighth year at Southside Christian. But how many years as an educator, Dr. Stouffer? 43 years as an wow. educator. Wow. So you started as a teacher when you are 12? <laughs> <laughs> no, I was right out of college yeah, at 21. Of course. That makes you kind of old there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Dr. that's Stouffer. true. Uh, but 40... Three years, you 43 said? Years. 43 years. 43 years. I'm in my 40th year, so you're just a few years ahead of me. Danny, how many years do you have in Christian schooling? Uh, coming up on 10. All right. So I'm I'm uh, trailing behind you guys, but I'm, you know, got you in my sights. So. And, and you I'm, weren't alive when we started yeah, our I don't, careers. I wasn't going to say that, but since you went there, absolutely. <laughs> I wasn't even alive when you The other night at Open House, Denny introduced me at an Open House to prospective families. And he's and I mentioned, he mentioned my 40 years. And he says, so that means uh, when you started as a Christian school teacher 40 years ago, I was born that yep. year. <laughs> and now I'm your no, boss. And now something, here we are. something appropriate about that. <laughs> so part of understanding our mission at Southside Christian School, what we're trying to do is just understanding the people that are here and, yeah. and their stories. So Dr. Silver, will you just tell us some of your story? You mentioned how long you've been in education, but how'd you, how'd you get an education to begin with? And what sort of led you to this field? Well, I'm a fifth generation educator. So my great, great grandmother mm, was wow. a teacher. My great grandparents were teachers. My grandmothers were teachers. My mom and dad were teachers. Wow. I am a teacher and my daughter Molly is <laughs> the sixth generation of teacher. So I That's think there's great. something genetic. It's kind of wired in our genes and chromosomes. Yeah. I think what drew me to education was my own teachers and coaches. Mm-hmm. I was heavily involved in a really good school, and and uh, I just saw the impact that they had on students and on me in particular. My mom came to me, I remember as a junior, she says, you know, Bob, she knew I was going to be an English major. Mm-hmm. English is a good undergraduate major for law school. Mm-hmm. And I had been a high school debater and, and involved in individual events and speech and debate. And... Uh, I could have done that. I would have been miserable, though. <laughs> I mean, I wasn't a follower of Jesus then. Uh, I didn't, wouldn't have known to say it this way, but that's not what I'm wired to do. Mm. And I could have done law school, could have been an attorney, probably could have been successful. Yeah. But would have, like, like I said, would have been miserable. I said, Mom, I watch you and Dad. I see the impact you have on kids. I have my own teachers who have made an influence on me. Mm. I want to do that. I want to make an impact like that. Mm. Yeah. And she never once again tried to convince me that I, I will could say- look elsewhere. I will say, Dr. Silver, I've seen your handwriting. You definitely have the handwriting <laughs> of a lawyer. There you go. Um, oh, well, but, I do have my PhD, so I'm a doctor. Yeah, there that's you go. the excuse that I give. My handwriting is horrible. <laughs> You're exactly right. That's Dr. Right. Silver, you just mentioned you uh, you came to know the Lord uh, a little bit later in life, not not the typical uh, path. Mm-hmm. And so we've known each other for years before we ever, either of us got here to Southside Christian Schools for 
Saber Nation, just so you know, I was head of school of a, a Christian school in, in Fort Wayne, Indiana, Blackhawk Christian School, and Dr. Sover's head of school of Des Moines Christian School. And so there's this little uh, secret network, not really <laughs> secret, but the, the heads of schools of Christian schools know each other, particularly in states or surrounding states. Yeah. And um, and so we knew each other in that in that capacity as as, as uh, colleagues and head of schools of two different schools in, in you know in the Midwest. Um, but you're so I know your story and tell that story of how you came to know Christ. At what age you 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 went you grew up in grew up went to college in your profession, become a principal in a public school system, and then what happened? Yeah. Wow, I love to recount my salvation experience. Mm. I and mean, when you come to the Lord later in life at 36, uh, you really have an appreciation. I have an appreciation every day, and I'm 64 now, mm. of what Christ has done in my life. Well, I was raised in a very moral home. My mom and dad, awesome parents. My mom's still alive, 87, and uh, she's a wonderful lady. And my dad was a great dad, and they took us to church every Sunday. Mm. I was at church when I became older, and every Wednesday and Sunday. And... Uh, I never heard in that church what it meant to have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And I even got married, and probably the pastor, who was my father-in-law, shouldn't have married me because we were unequally (laughs) yoked. My wife was a follower of Jesus, and I was not, but I must have said Mm. all the right things. And we got married, and for the first 12 years of my marriage, we went to churches that, again, did not talk about a personal relationship with Mm. Jesus Christ. Didn't talk about the gospel. Didn't didn't tell the gospel. I, I never once remember that. And it's very ironic that I was at a church that— uh, there was a kind of a clandestine Sunday school class in the basement from Walk Through the Bible, and these people were really wanting to talk about Jesus. And I never talked about Jesus. I'd never studied the Bible. Huh. I was an English major. I'm well read. I read a lot, and, but I'd never read through the Bible hmm. or very much at all of it. And I started going to that Sunday school. All of the women decided we were going to have a couples group. So there were like seven couples. We all started reading through Dennis and Barbara Rainey's uh, home builder studies. That was strong biblical material too. Uh, My friend who helped lead me to the Lord got me going to a men's ministry called Cross Trainers, for which I eventually became one of the teachers on rotation. Hmm. And uh, more Bible study. And then I went to my first Promise Keepers in uh, 1994 Mm -hmm. in Boulder, Colorado, and I was a football college football player, and I was a high school football coach. And here's Bill McCartney, right, up at From Colorado <laughs> University at the yeah, time, at the at Boulder in the stadium, at the podium, you know, exhorting these men to love Jesus. Yeah. Fifty six thousand men singing, yes. "Holy, holy, yes. holy!" And I thought, "This is it. I got to commit my life to the Lord." And so mm-hmm. that's why I, I committed my life to the Lord. I was a high school principal in my second year at a public school, and uh, and you were thirty six years I old. I was thirty six years yeah. old. Wow. And that I'm just so grateful to recount that story. And I'm I'm still a work in progress. I mean, there's certain things that changed immediately. Yeah. Like for example, I as a football coach, I could drop f bombs with the best of them. My mm. language was horrible. Uh, that immediately mm. left my mind. I didn't mm. even think about mm. vulgarities anymore, which I was grateful for that. Yes. Now I still had 12 years of bad old nature as a husband, where I didn't understand my biblical mm. responsibility to Cheryl. And so I'm still working on that, yeah. working through. But he's changed me. He's, you know, as I'm more submitted every day, he makes me a better husband, makes me a better dad, makes me a better grandfather. Yes. Hopefully, too, makes me a better high school principal. Yeah. So I know the, the next question I have, I know the answer to this, but it's a great story. So here you are, uh, you know, an educator for 20 years, the principal of a large public high school in Des Moines, Iowa. You come to know Christ at the age of 36 at a Promise Keepers rally in mm-hmm. Boulder, Colorado. It transforms your life in every way. Mm-hmm. Even as an educator, yeah. 
So tell me about how it changed you as an educator, coming to know Christ and centering your life on, on the gospel and his work, God's word. How did it change you as an educator, as a principal? That is an excellent question. (laughs) I I recall when I wasn't a follower of Jesus, the people, the women who were in this prayer group called Moms, I think it was Moms in Touch or Moms Prayer Group or something, they'd come to me and they'd ask me for prayer requests. And it kind of made me squeamish. I'm thinking, (laughs) "Uh, nobody's ever asked me to do that. I don't really understand that. I mean, I wasn't a part of a church that ever prayed out loud or prayed corporately. And once I became a follower of Jesus— I couldn't get enough prayer requests mm. to those women. I mean, I just immediately I said, yes, please do pray for me. I always had my Bible on my desk mm. at school. Uh, I couldn't overtly pray with or give biblical counsel, but I was give, I started giving biblical counsel in a way where I wasn't necessarily yeah. talking about Jesus, but it was all truth. Yeah. Mm. And, and that totally changed me. In fact, it moved me in a different trajectory in my career. I never had an aspiration to be a superintendent. I <laughs> always wanted to be a principal. But in Des Moines, there was a school, Des Moines Christian School, mm-hmm. that was having challenges. There, there were church splits mm-hmm. that associated with the school, and then there, were, there was a school split. Mm-hmm. And my pastor came to me, and the friend who had led me to the Lord, Bill Fuller, said to me, hey, would you come look at this position? Uh, I don't really want to do that. The position um, of being superintendent being of Des Moines the Christian. Being the superintendent, being head of school. I don't want to do that. That's not my deal. I told these people when I came to Urbandale High School, which is a suburban uh, high school in Des Moines, I'm going to retire here because this mm. is a great place, a great community, and it is. And we lived there for 24 years. But during that time, I mean, I got drawn in, mm. and I thought, my parents thought I was nuts. I mean, here they were, uh, lifelong educators in the sure. public school system with a good retirement system. Yeah. And they're saying, you want to do what? Yeah. You want to leave the security yeah. of, of the public schools and, and the hypers? Yeah. yeah, exactly. And uh, you want to go there, mom, dad, I said, it's the first time that God's calling me to do something and I can be obedient where, mm-hmm. where I didn't, it wasn't my plan, but it was his plan. Yeah. I get emotional just thinking about it because I, I experienced so much of God and his faithfulness and what he did for that school over the course of time. I think just as an example, I started there and the enrollment was like 560 or 590, something like that, right. if I'm remembering correct, correctly. Today, it's 1,300. It's, yeah. it's almost exactly like DeMar Christian. Southside Christian. Or Southside Christian. Yes. And, uh, and that just that thrills me that the enrollment policies were not relaxed for that number to go up. But mm-hmm. we always were true to our mission of a Christ-centered, biblically-directed education. Yeah. yeah. So good. So uh, this is a follow-up question. I know you've got one too, Denny. You're you're itching to to ask Dr. Stouffer, but I have to ask this question. So how did you come to understand education from a biblical perspective? Mm, we yeah. we call it a biblical philosophy of education, or we call it a biblical theology of education. Scripture says it teaches about tr- teaching and training students. It, it speaks to that. Yeah. And so as Christian educators, we're intensely curious and want to be aligned with God's word when it comes even to education. So how did you learn a theology of education or a biblical philosophy of education? Then now you're the superintendent of Des Moines Christian Christian school School, as a young believer. In fact, the board, that was their biggest concern about me. I'd only Mm -hmm. been a believer for six years once I, once I assumed the position of superintendent, which that's very fair for them to consider. Mm -hmm. But I mean, I was immersing myself in the word and I was involved in all those groups that I just talked about I went to a great Bible-believing church. I was mm. thirsty. I took a two-year theology class at six, six o'clock in the morning at my church huh. so that I could be a teacher in our Sunday school and be a leader of, of adult Bible fellowships. Uh, I just, I immersed myself. And the cool thing about mm. it was, I mean, it really was a kind of a shock to my system. I had been 
programmed in a public school. Sure. Pretty liberal culture where mm-hmm. there's a lot of worldviews that are bombarding you. Once I became a believer, I started seeing those non-biblical worldviews even more clearly. Yeah. And once I got to Des Moines Christian School, my my daughter's was my my daughter in her first year was a ninth grader. Hannah was a was a kindergartner. I w- they'd bring their materials home, and I'm looking at these things. And I'm going, "Wow, that's <laughs> awesome, man! They're they're learning the truth of God's word in yeah. every single yeah, thing that they do." And so, it, like the skills came up my eyes, and yeah. I got I kept getting excited about it. That's I got great. more excited. I'm even more excited about it. And I've been in Christian education for 23 years. I can't think of a greater privilege. Mm. Than to, inter- than to integrate biblical truth in every single thing that we do, not just the cu- curriculum, yeah. but in every program, every single thing that we do at the school. So were there some thought leaders or some authors who you really connected with and who spoke to you about specifically a theology of education and a biblical philosophy of ed? Yeah, uh, I think Bruce Wilkinson really influenced me, even though he wasn't really an, an educator per se. He, I consider him a master teacher to watch him yeah. and, and go through a series of— uh, uh, the ways that he teaches teachers how to teach from a biblical worldview. Uh, Glenn Schultz, uh, the author of Kingdom Education, uh, has had a profound yes. in fact, impact on me. Uh, recently, uh, uh, Paul David Tripp has yes. really uh, influenced me. Uh, just finished last week reading his book, uh, Age of Opportunity, How to Biblically Parent yes. Teenagers. And I don't, I don't parent teenagers per se, but I'm the principal of a high school. And so mm-hmm. I am shepherding, I am yes. discipling mm-hmm. uh, teenagers and, and man, he really has it together and how he teaches parents mm-hmm. and I, anybody in the audience, any parent or any grandparent that's in the audience listening to this right now, I, I really do urge you to look at that book, Age of Opportunity. Age of, so, so the Bible says something about parenting. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that sounds like another saber cast that we yeah, need to seriously. come back to. Um, you know, parenting isn't for cowards and, um, you know, we parented children, Mm -hmm. you have children in your home right now. We, Bob and I, you, both you and I have adult children and it is a challenge, Mm -hmm. but God's word speaks to parenting and gives us principles and directives. Yeah. And um, we yeah. we would that'd be a great opportunity for for the next Sabercast. But Parent, then know- parents have the primary responsibility of teaching and discipling their own children. Yeah. We at a Christian school, a Southside Christian, we lock arms with them. We partner That's with right. them. That's yeah. right. Uh, we they should never supplant allow us to supplant their primary responsibility as the teachers and the disciplers of their own children. That's good, um, Bob. We of course, know all of our mission statements and all of our vision statements and strategic plans and all of that. We, we talk about that a lot and all that's on the website, but how do you apply our sort of vision and mission as a school to your role as, as high school principal? So we're, we know that we're all about partnering with parents to provide an excellent Christ-centered education. What does that, what does that mean for you as a high school principal? How do you, how do you kind of flesh out that mission? I'm going to stuff the top of my head. I'm going to think about a typical day and what yeah. I concre- concretely try to do. If I'm not careful and I, I can get caught up in the tasks of this, I could look at email all day yeah. and respond to email <laughs> yeah. all day. And I don't want to do that. That's not why I got into the profession. Yeah. I got into the profession because I love people and I love to be around people. And I like to invest in people. And in Christian education, I can talk about biblical truth. I can pray with people when mm. they need prayer, when they need encouragement. I can offer encouragement. I, God gave me the spiritual gift of encouragement. I love to encourage people. Yeah. And so a typical day, I'm, I'm in the office. I kind of have quiet so I can get some tasks done before anybody arrives. But then it's right at the front door greeting students. And mm. it's really cool this year because of the car lines and the construction and all that. I get to see elementary, middle school, and high school students come through yeah. the same entrance. Yeah. 
and I'm getting to know those kids and I, I banter with them. I talk to them. I, I encourage them and that's a good thing. So then I always try to be available to people. Uh, and I don't want to sit in my office all day. I want to be out in the hallways. I love to go make observations in classrooms. I love to look for biblical integration. I mean, we're in a, we're in an initiative right now where we're doing this transformed PD, which is vital to the mm. distinctiveness of a Christian school for teachers to intentionally, as they're planning their teaching learning mm-hmm. activities, That's right. decide, okay, how much, what's the big biblical idea here yeah. and not have that be an afterthought, right? I think Glenn Schultz was the one that influenced me the most where it's not just sprinkling a little scripture on top. Right. It's like, how do you, how do you stir that into yeah. the bat- batter? So you can't tell the eggs from the flour, from the sugar, and it's the biblical idea is just integrated to the whole yeah, thing. Yeah. You mentioned Transform PD, and I want to explain to Sabre Nation what Transform PD is. It PD stands for professional development, and we have contracted with an organization called Transform PD, led by Dr. Annie Gallagher. She was uh, the director of curriculum instruction at the largest Christian school in North America. That's Louisville Christian Academy in Louisville, Kentucky. And she developed this in her school and then did her doctoral dissertation on this model and how, how it worked and how effective it was. And now she's a consultant helping other Christian schools. And so the idea is that we're in a three-year relationship with Transform PD, and all of our teachers are getting training um, on how to take the biblical worldview ideas, the big ones, and bring them right down into the daily lesson plans. Mm -hmm. And that can be, that's a challenge sometimes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so, but we have uh, committed to this. All of our teachers have committed to this. This is what makes us unique and distinct is that, Everything is taught from a biblically directed perspective. What, we're not just talking about Bible class. That's, that's easy. You're, you're mm-hmm. teaching the Bible, right, mm-hmm. as a textbook. And so that's, that's kind of the hazard of, of having a Bible class because the Bible's not a textbook. Mm-hmm. It's God's holy, infallible, yeah. authoritative word. Mm-hmm. But what about language and math and science and history? All of that, Scripture speaks to that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we're coming at each of those disciplines from a biblically directed perspective. But to do that effectively, we have to get right down to the daily lesson planning. Yeah. And what are the essential questions? What are the essential truths you're attaching uh, to Scripture and to God's revealed word? So thanks for mentioning that. Of course, preach it. That That's good yeah. stuff. So it makes that's a good sermon right there. Distinct. Yeah. So um, you mentioned, we, we talked about parenting just mm-hmm. a minute ago mm-hmm. and uh, parenting Parenting teenagers and parenting children today is different than, Bob, than when you and I parented our, our children. We now have adult yeah. children. Mm-hmm. And it's different today, yeah. Denny, for you than it was 10 years ago, you know, for the generation before you. So my question to you, Dr. Stouffer, you're on the front line w- and working with students, working with high school students, working with high school parents. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a challenging world to, to, to raise children yeah. up in this culture yeah. in the United States in 2022. So what do you see as... One or two of the top challenges for high school students right now and for parents in who are very interested in training their children to love the Lord Jesus Christ with all the heart, soul, and mind. What are a couple of those challenges that you see in on the front row, in the front lines of working uh, with, with teenagers and high school students? Well, especially coming after, after COVID, uh, I see a lot of mental health issues, spiritual mm-hmm. health issues, emotional health issues. Mm-hmm. I'm concerned about them. There, there's a lot of anxiety, depression. Uh, suicidal ideations. We've had to deal with some situations this year that we've never had to deal with before. And we've yeah. got to be ready. Mm-hmm. We've got to be ready to encourage and equip our students to be able to cope with the struggles that they have in their lives. They're under a lot of pressure. I mean, mm-hmm. at a Christian school where there's a heavy investment uh, and the expectation is after high school that they're going to go on and do bigger and better things. 
that that's a challenge, and and uh, we want to be there and help counsel them, and 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 all of our teachers being equipped to be able to encourage them as well. Mm-hmm. I think the the second, and maybe it's related too, is the amount of technology that they're exposed mm-hmm. yeah. to. Uh, uh, technology, when used well, is very effective. Mm-hmm. It's positive. It's There's nothing sinful necessarily about technology, exactly. but sometimes I have a hard time getting eye t- eye contact as kids are <laughs> looking at making that last peek at their phone as they're coming yeah. in the entrance. Or you see a lot of kids that are kind of addicted to their phones, and and uh, we can get too much screen time. We can be so caught up uh, in what other people think about us, you know, the fear of missing out. Even get, get these new terms like FOMO. Uh, <laughs> it's just, I mean, people are anxious. They yeah. want to they want to put their best foot forward, but sometimes it's not an authentic foot. We've got to figure out ways that we can help kids be authentic, who they are, as God created them to be. Uh, they don't have to fit in a mold or a or a, a profile that the, the the cool kids think is the way everybody should be, or that they get so many likes on social media. Yes, yeah. exactly. I mean, we are all created in the likeness of God. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and as such, people need to see that yeah. value that each each of them has in in God, not what other people think of them. Yeah. Uh, last question for me, Doctor Sofer. I know you've got more to add, Doctor Barfeld, but if there's if there's just one thing that you wanted um, high school students to know, um, what you think of them or want for them. Mm. What, what, what would you say? We, we, we know that you're in your last year. We're, we're mm. grateful for your service to Southside Christian school and you're uh, committed to finishing this year well, and we wish you well as you begin to move into retirement next year after this school year. Um, so in your last year, what's, what would be the most important thing that you would say, man, I really want students to know that, that mm. this is what Good I question. want for them. Yeah. Well, I'd want them to know that I love them. Mm. Some of them are difficult to love at times <laughs> with the way they do things, but I want them to know that I love them and I care about them, that, mm. that Southside Christian School is a high school that I believe is totally committed to that. I, mm-hmm. I look around at my colleagues, all the teachers, they are willing to give any amount of effort, any mm-hmm. amount of time uh, and love to these students. Yeah. And we hear a lot when people give testimonies after their graduation to say that, uh, our teachers have invested in them so heavily. Uh, I guess I'd want them to know that we've invested in them and then that they could continue on that same journey that hopefully yeah. they're the followers of Jesus Christ. Yeah. There is no more important decision that they could make before they leave Southside Christian School yeah. than to embrace Jesus as Lord yes, and Savior amen. and that they would want to continue to grow in the likeness of Christ. And uh, it's it's really about how do I honor and glorify God uh, in my life, through yeah. my life, yeah. eventually through my vocational service. Mm-hmm. If I'm a stay-at-home mom, and you're called to do that, that's what greater privilege is there to do yeah. that. And some people homeschool, then do it with all your might, with all your soul. Yeah. Love the Lord. Uh, but if you're going to work 30, 40, 50, 60, 70 hours in the workplace, don't go at that to try to get money. It's not all about the money. It's yeah. not about the big car, or the house, or the vacation. It's really about how are you going to serve the Lord to bring him honor and glory using yeah. your unique talents and abilities mm-hmm. yeah. and the passions that God and the, the unique ways he's wired you to be. Well, I know that's your heart because I was walking by the cafeteria this morning when you had a, uh, what mm. I believe was a high school small group. And I heard the words, you got so excited about God's glory. I don't know what the actual, the topic was. And it was something. And, and I heard this burst of bringing God glory from, yeah. from the cafeteria. I was you talking about small group. I was talking about David and Goliath and uh, I had the context after I read Paul David Tripp's book, Age of Opportunity. Uh, he gave a formula as to how you could work through scripture. So I took the the uh, narrative of David and Goliath. And I asked all these questions Yeah, and I mean, you got to get excited oh, yeah. because if I'm not excited, if I'm not, right. you know, I've seen Dr. Barfeld do this well, 
Bob Jones, our assistant principal, does this really well. Yeah. Get cranked up about Jesus and get people excited about it as well. I, I'm not under the illusion that everybody in my small group is a follower of Jesus, so I've got mm-hmm. to assume that they aren't. Now, most of them are. Yeah, and sure. the student body is such that yeah, there's more that aren't that are, maybe. I don't know. But I've always got to be Jesus to them. I've got to preach the gospel. I've got to be the gospel right. to people. Yeah, it's good. Well, Dr. Stouffer, you know, Denny mentioned that you've announced— just a few weeks ago, your retirement. You're gonna. This is your final year yeah. at Southside Christian School. Of full of full time ministry. Yes, of course. You're you're looking for. You'd love to do some uh, teaching and professor work at some Christian universities, online or distance learning kind mm-hmm. of a thing. And I know the Lord will open. You'll be yeah. excellent at that, Doctor yeah. Stover. Mm-hmm. You'll be an excellent teacher of teachers and an excellent teacher of administrators uh, for Christian schools. And and I know God has something some some something for you there mm-hmm. that uh, can use your your many years of, of experience and your passion for Christ and your passion for Christian schooling. Um, and so I just want to thank you for yeah. 43 years of being an educator, 23, 20 years in public school, 23 years in Christian schooling and seven years at Southside Christian school. Yeah. So at the end of this year, we'll appropriately honor you yeah. and we'll do something at graduation celebration and we'll do something, you know, with all the faculty and staff to yeah. honor your, your commitment to Christian schooling uh, for 23 years and, and Southside Christian School for the past seven years. I would just want to say thank you. And yeah. it's been an honor to roll up my sleeves next to you and yes. serve next to you, brother. Uh, Consider good. you a, a dear friend and a, and a brother and a co-laborer. Exactly what you said about me, I say about you. Uh, it's been an honor and a privilege. It's ministry. Uh, we've talked about this many times yeah. before. Anybody who comes to a Christian school has to look at it as ministry. Amen. It's not it a is. job. It's not a vocation. Right. It's, okay, God has called me to do this. Now do it with all your might. And uh, it's been an honor and a privilege to be an educator, to be a fifth generation in yeah. my family. Uh, I have the teaching certificates of my great-grandparents when they taught That's at one so of the cool. schoolhouses in wow. Iowa. And uh, I wow. proudly, I'm proud. I mean, I could have made a lot of more money in law school or stayed in the public schools and yeah. retired a lot earlier. But I'm grateful for every year that I've had. And uh, I thank God for that. I, I give him the honor and glory. I, I'd rather not have any real strong attention be paid to me at graduation or graduation celebration. I understand. But sorry, uh, <laughs> we're going to do it anyway. Well, I just, I mean, to God be the glory. That's, yeah, that's amen. The point. Good. Well, Dr. Stover, thank you for coming by on a busy afternoon to, yeah. to uh, have engage in this conversation. Denny, thank you for your leadership and making this happen. And Saber Nation, thank you for tuning in to Sabercast. Cast.